We're hot. Hot on the mic. Welcome back to Pay to Succeed with Julius Maddox. What up, what up? And Jackson Tate. Coming to you today, episode is Rags the Riches. We're going to talk about our life journey from uh, our young childhood, the Rolling Heights, to sitting here right now at this podcast and where God has brought us to in between. So, um, obviously, last episode was uh, talking about, you know, basically what this podcast is about and, you know, what the direction of it is and, you know, our own lives and kind of what pay stands for, you know. A little recap is, you know, you control your passion, your attitude, and effort in life. And so uh, what we have done to this point is we've gotten to where we have pretty good control of those things, but we have made some slip-ups along the way. But that doesn't mean that you got to throw yourself away. You can pick yourself back up and get back on that road, on the right Absolutely. journey. So yeah, take it over. I know you didn't. We didn't start the timer, but uh, I don't. <laughs> we did. But uh, there we go. We're yeah. Here. So uh, again, I'm Julius Maddox, Owensboro native. Uh, strongest man in the world. Strongest man in the bench press. Strongest man in the bench press. No, in the world. In the whole entire world. Ever. Ever. At a point, there was more people who walked on the moon than have benched 700 pounds. So uh, you know, I'm grateful to be in the position I'm in. Uh, it's been a journey to get here, but also fun. I mean, kid you not. I've had some ups and downs, but uh, for the most part, I'm again, I'm grateful to live this life and be able to inspire and encourage people across the world. Um, and, and to think about it, this is something that I've always wanted to do, even as a kid. I wanted to inspire people. I wanted to, uh, I loved seeing people smile. That was my thing. And... You know, of course, through a lot of bad decisions and situations that I was put in, you know, led me down a dark path. Uh, and, and and I'm very grateful that the Lord, um, you know, worked in my life and get to the position I'm in now. But, you know, again, like I said, born and raised here in Owensboro, Kentucky. You know, dysfunctional family, usual. And, and I'm not... Not meaning to say like it was, you know, anything out of the ordinary. But, you know, raising the projects, you know, mom worked, provided for me and my older brother. Um, my dad dealt with his own troubles, um, which he was there. But, you know, as he was dealing with his own um, problems and things in his life, you know, caused somewhat of a, of a, of a, it was somewhat of a distraction in our household. But um, early on in, in, in life, I love sports. Uh, as early as I can remember, a lot of things kind of limit, limited me from playing sports like Pop Warner. You know, at the age of eight, I was 179 pounds. He's a big boy. I was a big kid. Yeah. And, you know, football, which was my first love, though I played basketball also, uh, you know, when every, every other kid in the neighborhood was playing Pop Warner, I couldn't play Bob Warner because I was too heavy. Mm-hmm. I was I was over the limit to even wear the orange sticker. The orange sticker meant you couldn't touch the ball, um, and you was already at that you know at that limit of look, you gain any more weight, then you won't be playing. Well, I was already past that by the age of eight when it was time <laughs> to play. So, you know, I really focused on basketball, and again, sports were very big. But 
you know, in that season, I kind of lost my love. I didn't have as much reverence or respect for football as I once did uh, because, you know, until middle school, I was left out from, from being able to play sports up until, uh, you know, middle school. So for that, you know, three years, you know, I found other things to do, and one of them was getting in trouble, making very poor decisions in life. And that went on through high school, uh, even though things were bright for me as far as playing sports in high school. But at that time, you know, through arrogance and a lot of uh, tribulation that I experienced, um, you know, I, I established a mindset of I'm going to do what I want when I want, anytime I want. And what comes along with that is arrogance and a mindset that um, when you have a mindset of that, uh, oftentimes results in failure. And with that being said, you know, even as a kid growing up, I always knew I had greatness inside of me. But the flip side of that is I knew that I would never mount up to anything because anytime anything got tough, I always quit. My whole life, anytime anything got tough, I gave up, I quit. Whether sports, part-time job, um, relationships, any commitment, I always gave up. So with that being said, you know, that, that, that once you continue doing those things, they become habitual. So it was it's just a habit that I formed of when anytime anything got tough in life, I quit from, uh, like I said, high school football to going to college. And, you know, our dreams and aspirations were to somewhat play professional football. I knew that I was going to play professional football somewhere. Can we get, can we get, uh, you know, the Raiders or the, you know, the, uh, Cowboys. The oh, Atlanta? wish if I had the opportunity, I, mean, let's, I would let's, take it <laughs> for sure. Cut the check. They, they need help. Yeah. Cut the check. Um, but you know, in that season, I really thought that I was going to play, be playing professional football. I should be on some, and I, I'm reminded, and I was reminded then <laughs> always, yeah, all the time. Like, why aren't you playing football somewhere? Yeah, there was a point in time. I want you guys to understand this. Whenever you quit something that you absolutely love and you know that you were meant to do it, when you quit, whatever it may be, you will live with that for the rest of your life. And I remember there was a season where I couldn't even I couldn't even show up at a football game or a basketball game because of dealing with the failures that I've experienced over over my lifetime, and and all of it was a result of me quitting. So. Um, as, as you all know, at one point in time, um, I went from destroying my community um, to somewhat where I'm at now, trying to build my community back up with whatever I can do to help. But whenever I was at that point in life where, you know, I remember did some of the, you know, vilest things a person could, could do apart from murder, uh, but selling drugs to pregnant women, um, you know, seeing people take their last dollars in order to feed my habit, but for them to feed their habit and they have kids at home. And it's just being in those positions and seeing those things, uh, you know, later on in life helped you help me to change my perspective on life in general. But um, experiencing of robbing people, robbery, uh, just stealing. I was a thief. I was one of the most vilest people you could imagine. And hey, for real though, could you imagine? You walk someone walking up to you your size and saying, "Hey, give me your money." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I carry everywhere I go. So, you give me um, your money. Yeah, I know, right? But and that's the thing. Like, uh, I I didn't have any vision outside of what I had seen. Sure. And ultimately, that was being a loser and selling drugs. Yeah. Like a lot of times in in, in the household, you see people aspiring. You see their parents showing them 
of the pretty much the blueprint to life, setting yeah. them up to succeed. When my mom was always distracted with work and raising yeah. the kids, and my dad was on his own journey, you know. Sure. So I didn't realize that until later on in life, like dealing with addiction, like it's a beast of its own. It's a and, and it and it absolutely captures uh, 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 all of your attention, whether you love people or not. So um, that's what came about whenever I became older was addiction and ran rampant until I got busted in 2012. And this was the first time like I really felt the full weight of sin and my consequences and realized that it wasn't just me. It was, uh, you know, my family. I had a daughter at that time and I had a, a you know, my fiance and just seeing them suffer and, and going through that experience real quick. And I've told this story many times, but seeing my daughter out at DCDC, I'm experiencing like I had two five-year prison sentences and experiencing life at that point in time, like seeing my daughter try to touch me through the glass yeah, and, and watching her, you know, behind the glass and seeing that I caused this and I'm that monster that I said I would never be. It did something to me. And I know that the Lord was working on me, but uh, I ended up getting accepted to a place called Friends of Centers yeah. and Friends of Centers is where I learned how to be a man. It's where I learned how to be the spiritual leader of my household, where I held a job for the first time uh, in my life. And I've never held a job, a full-time job, for longer than a week right. until I got to Friends of Centers. And, um, again, like I said, my life changed, and, and I went from, you know, uh, running from my ch obstacles and challenges to taking my challenges head on yeah. uh, to being a pillar in my community to um, – at any point in time, whether no matter what it is, rising on the occasion. And one of them was uh, dealing with depression. I always look for reasons why I would go back out there because that's all I've seen is people no. go back out and do the same thing over again. Yeah. So in the season when I was dealing with depression while I was working there, I had uh, started lifting weights. And little did I know the Lord had gave me that gift because through that process of me doing all those things and being obedient and proving to myself that Whatever I, I set my mind to that I could achieve, you know, little by little, I kept getting stronger mentally, physically, and spiritually. And by 2018, I became the first of the fifth man in history to bench press 700 pounds. And now I'm in route to be the first person in history to ever fathom. Nobody has ever even thought of this. Yeah, you know crazy. what I mean? Yes, uh, To really bench is. press 800 pounds. And uh, in the fitness industry, I'm not, I'm not toot my own horn, but people would say I'm a big deal. I'm known across the world now, you are, not just Kentucky or the States. You are pretty big. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's it's just fun, and it's awesome to be able to be a part of this journey. And I'm grateful to share, come on here and share part of uh, my life experiences with you guys as far as being a dad and being successful in business. So uh, that's kind of the, the, the just of how I got here today. To this point. To this point. So, obviously, I know a little bit about your story, you know, more than most because we've talked about it. Yeah. And uh, it is a um, remarkable story. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Thanks, and, uh Obviously, God's blessed you, and there's a lot more in store. But once again, it's us making sure that we put our best foot forward and continue to take that step each day and not – Looking back, because like I said, it's meeting them head on. Yeah. So kind of my story is um, I grew up, my family, you know, drug-ridden, you know what I mean, selling drugs, on drugs. I mean, 
most of my the men in my family have spent you know uh, a decent amount of time in prison or they were you know had charges of multiple years put on them due to selling drugs and most time methamphetamines is yeah. is the drug choice and uh so growing up that's what I saw but my outlet was you know uh I went to church at an early age and God put his you know a uh, hedge of protection around me and kept me you know kind of away from that and sports was allowed me to do the same thing. And I love sports. You know, I played football. The first time I played football was at 10. I played baseball growing up from five years old and on. And obviously, everybody can play basketball. You just pick up a ball. You throw it through the hoop. You go not through. everybody can play basketball. Not, well, that's, not everybody's good at basketball. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's easy. You know, you go to the, you go to, uh, the Rolling Heights, you know, the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. You go to the one on Fredericka back in the day. And you can go, uh, you know, you go to Dugan Best and so forth. But I played ball. I grew up and then, you know, at the uh, age of uh, 10, you know, I accepted the Lord as my Savior. And that, to me, uh, it my mind changed because the way that I used to talk at that age, I can even remember it was like I was going down a road that was going to be a lot like uh, the family and friends that I grew up with yeah. where, you know, I was going to lead that, the broken home that I'd had and that I'd seen. I was going to duplicate that. And so uh, the Lord obviously um, did a number in my life and uh, worked, on, you know, worked on me. And I had a lot of men to look to. And, I, you know, my dad, you know, had his faults and failures. But I appreciate everything that my father did for me. Yeah. You know, show me what not to do in a lot of aspects. And it also showed me a lot of there was a lot of characteristics that he has and attributes that I've taken from him. And one of those obviously is, you know, every time you fall to get back up and that is something that he's done. And so I I appreciate that, you know, his example towards me for me uh, in that regard. Not not trying to interrupt, but also too, like in the season, this is what's so crazy. Like in the season, whenever you was experiencing all that, yeah, like you, you almost form some type of, I'm not going to say, I mean, hatred can be, Somewhat of a strong word, but I can remember in the, like while I was in the season yeah. and experiencing that as a kid and a teen, like that 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 friction and that hatred that kind of started to form until I was an adult and I experienced that my own self, right? And how much you know how hard it was and and, and um, being an adult dealing with those issues, yep. and still trying to raise a family, like so. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like in the time, I felt like I almost like hated my dad but at this point in time like looking back like I could I have a certain level of respect for some right. of the sacrifices that he made and stuff that he did and I didn't see it then right I didn't see it and I, and I was grateful for whatever I learned from him but right. a lot of times we don't see that when we're in the when and, we're, that, and that growing yeah, up in that growing age up in that, in that. and uh, the good thing is he, he stayed clean for the most part you know through you know that Around that 10 years old, you know, he, you know, uh, found the Lord and so forth. And, uh, you know, we went through and we had a tight relationship. But once again, it was one of those where he lived a little bit vicariously through me. And a lot of, I think a lot of dads, y'all can, uh, you can relate to that. You know, you may be, you made some mistakes growing up or you didn't allow, um, 
you didn't allow yourself to reach your full potential, so you have your sons now, and you sometimes may be a little bit overbearing, so I would tell you, you know, I don't have children, but to beware of that because I think it's very easy to do. Yeah. And, you, and, and that right there is it'll turn a kid away quickly because you'll see, once again, that you're, you're doing it more so for yourself than you are for the child. Um, and so, but appreciate my dad, my mother. I didn't have a great relationship with my mother growing up at that point. And, uh, you know, I get into high school and then, you know, I had some troubles in high school. And once again, dealing with a little bit of that chip on my shoulder and uh, the pride and making, wanting to make something happen and not really, you know, respecting authority to the degree that I should respect it. And, you know, that, that alluded to me, you know, I didn't end up finishing my senior year of football, and I'd had scholarships and offers from multiple different Division One schools, and I didn't get to make that happen. And uh, so we go through that route. I didn't play, I didn't get to finish my baseball, my senior year of baseball either. And, you know, that was something that uh, humbled me. And it's something that I can't ever get back, and it's one thing that I always remember. And I appreci- I'm appreciative of those coaches that – didn't allow me to finish. Yeah. Now, maybe they didn't mean it for good, but God did. And that's what I was talking about. Like, when you quit something that you love, it, uh, it, it, it haunts you for the rest of your life. And some people live in that. Yeah. Some people live in it, and it, and it, it, eats at, it, it will eat at them to a certain point to where anything else, it affects everything else that they do moving forward. Right. You know, and that's an obstacle in itself that you have to get over. You know? Sure. Yeah, it sucks. And then I would just, I, I couldn't ever, my relationships, I'm a, I, I, I pride myself on being a loyal person. And my relationships just didn't seem like they would work out. I've never kept long relationships. I mean, I went to 23 different schools from kindergarten to wow. college. 23 and, different schools? Yeah. So to go through that many schools, you know, you, you, and you move so much, you just don't get attached. Yeah. I had those yeah. kind of, I had those issues. Um, and those are still issues that I face today through. Yeah, there's, there's no structure. Yeah, because it's always, you're always moving, you know. Yeah. You, you can't settle in, you yeah. know. Yeah, when a person doesn't have structure or a vision, even the Bible says, like, uh, people without a vision will perish. Like, yeah. a person without a vision will perish, you know. In the book of Proverbs. It, yeah, man, and yeah. It's, it's, I mean, multiple times it's, it's, it's referred as far as, like, a vision or having a purpose. Um, is very dangerous. Right. Know? So I could only imagine what that does to a kid. Yeah. And it's like I said, I didn't get involved with drugs. I wasn't, I didn't drink alcohol. I didn't party. Now, did I partake in some uh, alcohol consumption? For sure. But that was not ever a big issue of mine. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, I got in a relationship with a girl, and it was just unhealthy for the both of us. And I, for sure, made a lot of mistakes. Once again, but I looked at the relationship that I'd seen my whole yeah. life that wasn't a healthy relationship sure. and that reflects on me. And so, you know, I made poor choices. Um, and you know, we drug that out for a long time and it didn't work out. So you get those, once again, it's kind of leading me to this point of where with people, I can't make things work because I continue to get my own way. I continue to self-destruct. Yeah. And, uh, at 23, you know, I had a stroke. Uh, I was going to school full time. I was working, starting my businesses. I had the the firework business. I had the car lot, mm-hmm. and you know the whole story behind all that stuff is crazy. I was sleeping in my dealership on the floor, but that was more me just being stubborn yeah. and trying to like make myself like, hey, you got to do it this way, you know, because yeah. you're gonna have to grind it out. Because I'm all about the grind. It's like 
once you get to this point, because I was trying to get loans, which we'll talk about with this, you know, this podcast and about business and financials. I was trying to get loans and I had 40 grand and they wouldn't give me a $50,000 loan. Like I just need 10 grand for the house, right? Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't give it to me, you know, and it was due to credit and other situations. So, um, but I go through that uh, and I get to the point at 25, um, I was just miserable. I really was. And I had a gun to my head and, uh, you know, I had the trigger right here. It's loaded and to my head there. And I mean, I kept it there for probably five minutes, crying, bawling my eyes out. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where it was, God was like, put the gun down, son. Yeah. Gonna be okay. And you talk about the quitting part. That was that ultimate spot where I wanted to quit. I was yeah. like, I'm tired because I was just self-destructing. Uh, it was one thing my dad used to get on to me about, like something bad would happen. I'm like, Dad, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be good. Yeah. And, uh, and and it is in life, things will work out. Yeah. They will. Your problems were as big weren't as big as you were making them to be. Making them to be. Yeah. You know, we do that as men. I think that's just for sure. You know, we all have. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's almost a pride thing because you want to feel like, hey, this is all. This is so bad on me, and I'm still surviving. I think. Yeah. And. Uh, so you get through that point, then I started traveling, I started moving, and I started building that relationship with Christ. Now along the way, I made a lot of poor decisions, all right? Uh, I started obviously mingling out in the world, you know, uh, sleeping with women as many as I could at that point, and you know, living a life that you know some people would glorify, mm -hmm. but in my eyes, it was only detrimental to me yeah. and through my relationship with Christ that's all led to but through this time my business is growing because I've always been a business guy I yeah. love it we talked about that on the first episode I love business I love the team aspect because I didn't get to have those team moments I didn't get to finish those I love the family aspect because my family has been dysfunctional and so getting to this point uh, God is allowed me to persevere and has put a head of protection around me to where even through those bad decisions, he's allowed me to get to this point in my business to grow. And it's allowing me to say, hey, leave all that behind. Leave the struggles. Listen, give me your heart. You're gonna be okay. Stop, yeah. stop worrying about the trust thing. Because I think that's the biggest part about it for me is that just where I don't trust people. I love people infinitely, but I don't trust you, you know? Yeah, no and, doubt, no doubt. And uh, I think with this, we're going to talk about, obviously, the financial side. But me, all that is allowed to get to this point to where I'm in a position that God is going to use myself, yourself, through all our struggles and all our, um, our weaknesses, allow other people to relate and to say, hey, just because it's tough for us doesn't mean that we can't persevere through, yeah. meet it head on, and keep going and build it brick by brick, you know? So yeah. um, that's kind of, you know, where it is. And like you said last week, it's hot up here. Boy, it is hot up here. It's no, cooking. I, I feel good. I got it's, the fan. It's cooking. I got the fan blowing. So, uh, yeah, definitely. What's the question of the week? Question of the week. All right. So everybody tuning in. And if we don't have, we'll see how long. We'll wait for five minutes to have the phone call. No, five minutes is too long. Yeah. It needs to be like. You got, look, you got 20, you got 30 seconds to call in. 
30 seconds to call in, all right? And 30 we'll, seconds we'll, to we'll, call we'll, in. We'll roll it in. We'll roll it over if not. Okay. So, this week's question is, if you know, actually, we don't want to do the question. We don't want to do the question. We're going to do the question when they call, right? So, we're going to yeah. wait till they call. So, the second person to call in, we're going to give you the phone number, all right? The second person to call in. I'm no, this should be the, the first person to call in. Oh, you want the first person? First person to call in. First person to call in. Phone number 270-315-7671. First person to call will ask the question. You win 50 bucks. If not, it rolls over next week. This question is the hardest question ever, too. Oh, no, they should for real. I, some people, I think people know it. No, nah, you picked for, one of the hardest questions like a person. 270-315-7671. One, call Come in. On. It's $50. I mean, we roll Quick it next 50. week. Quick 50. Well, we can roll it over the next week. Be 100. Y'all got 15 seconds. Call in. Give them the number one more time. 270-315-7671. We got a call. We got a caller. We got a call. Caller on line one. Hello, this is Jackson with Pay to Succeed. Hello. Who am I speaking with? Haley. Haley. Nice to meet you, Haley. Haley, can we get a last name? Ellis. Haley okay, Ellis. Ellis. There you go. Jude, you want to ask the question? You got it. You know what the question is. Who was the mayor of Owensboro in 1987? The year you was born. The, the mayor, year I was born. The mayor in Owensboro in the year 1987. You're on the clock. You got 10 seconds. You better Google fast if you don't know it. Got it. Got it, winner. Listen, Haley, message us on our Facebook page, and we will give us an address, and we will send it to you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Haley. Thanks Thank for tuning you, in. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Every week. Every week. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Well, that's all, folks. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, I need some AC. I like that. Yeah, I'm sure you do. AC. But, uh, yep, guys, we'll see you next week. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in.